Welcome to this episode of the Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth podcast. Greetings, I'm your host, Dr. Paul Felter. In this episode, we put to practice the Apostle Paul's command in 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved of God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That is the scriptural passage that drives this podcast series. Now, I'm not one for long introductions, so let's begin right now. In this episode, we'll have two segments. The first segment is a brief survey of the Old Testament, Genesis through Malachi. The second segment is Matthew through John. As always, let's keep in mind the three primary questions that we must answer in order to rightly divide the word of truth. And that is, one, who is speaking? Two, who is the intended audience? And number three, what is the time frame or setting? Only by answering these three questions will we be able to properly understand the scriptures. If you remember from the previous episode, the Apostle Paul mentioned in Ephesians chapter 2, the middle wall of partition being broken down, that being a middle wall of partition that existed between Jew and Gentile, and now in the body of Christ, that middle wall of partition has been broken down. There is no distinction between Jew and Gentile in the body of Christ. But if we can read passages in the Bible where there is a clear distinction being made between Jew and Gentile, that means that the body of Christ is not the intended audience, is most likely Israel. So let's keep that in mind as we do these two segments. Let's do a quick bird's eye view of the Old Testament. For our rightly dividing study here, we must determine if the middle wall of partition exists between Jew, also called the circumcision in Scripture, and Gentile, the uncircumcision. If this middle wall of partition is present, then when did it start? And does the middle wall of partition continue to the end of the Old Testament, or does it stop at some point? This determination enables us to rightly divide the Old Testament, determining the appropriate audience to whom God is speaking. So let's begin. So after the fall of Adam, man declined because of sin. God destroyed mankind with a global flood, except for Noah and his family. After Noah came the Tower of Babel. Mankind was still in rebellion against God. In these early chapters of Genesis, all were pagans. The entire world was Gentile. God makes a covenant with Abraham, and the covenant includes blessings, a land, and a nation. The sign of this covenant was circumcision. Abraham was the first one circumcised. From this point forward, there would be a difference between the circumcision Israel, or the descendants of Abraham, and the uncircumcision Gentiles. After Abraham followed Isaac and Jacob and the twelve sons or the twelve tribes, they go to Egypt in a famine. There they become a great nation, Israel. Moses led Israel in the exodus from Egypt and was given the law on Mount Sinai. Later came King David and Solomon and the first temple. After many kings of Israel and Judah comes the captivity in Assyria and Babylon. Then the second temple was built after the Jews returned from their exile in Babylon. The remainder of the Old Testament are the prophets. In Exodus, we read that God put a difference between the Jew and the Egyptian, or Gentiles. Exodus 11, 6-7 And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it any more. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue, against man or beast, that ye may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptian and Israel. In Leviticus, the law, 
God makes a clear distinction between Jew and Gentile. Leviticus 20, 26. And ye shall be holy unto me, for I the Lord am holy, and have severed you from other people, that you should be mine. In summary, the middle wall of partition, as Paul calls it, clearly exists between Israel and the Gentile nations in the Old Testament. God established this middle wall of partition with Abraham by the sign of circumcision. He confirmed the middle wall of partition through the law given to Moses. Even with a cursory reading of the Old Testament, the separation of Jew and Gentile is clear. Is the body of Christ present in the Old Testament? No, it is not. The church, the body of Christ, is not represented in the Old Testament, since the middle wall of partition is present. Therefore, the doctrine for the body of Christ is not found in the Old Testament teachings. However, we do study the Old Testament for historical and prophetic reasons. Without a modicum of understanding of the Old Testament, one will not understand the setting and the message of the four Gospels. Instructions on how to live the Christian life under grace are not found in the Old Testament, as Israel is under the law of Moses and we are not. Many passages in the Old Testament speak to the greatness of God and are profitable for us, but the Old Testament is not a pattern for our Christian life and walk. So let's answer the three basic questions. Number one, who is speaking? Well, the primary voice in the Old Testament is God speaking through the fathers, like Moses, and the prophets. Two, who is the intended audience? Well, it's obviously Israel, as they are the recipients of the promises and the law. And number three, what is the time frame and setting? Well, God is calling a people to himself from Abraham in Genesis 12 through the prophet Malachi. In this next segment, we're going to look at the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We need to answer two additional questions in this segment. Number one, what was the ministry of Jesus? Number two, was the middle wall of partition still present between Jew and Gentile in the four Gospels? So the period of Matthew through John begins with John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 3 and Jesus arriving on the scene in Matthew chapter 4. Both John the Baptist and Jesus preach the gospel of the kingdom, which is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Soon Jesus chooses his disciples and they also preach the gospel of the kingdom. Well, what kingdom was that? Well, that was the kingdom promised to Israel in the Old Testament, beginning with Abraham. He was promised a land and a nation, a people. The Apostle Paul tells us the purpose of Jesus' earthly ministry. This is one of those scriptures that most Christians don't even know exists, and others kind of just ignore it. Romans 15, verse 8. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision. For the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. Very interesting verse. Jesus came to minister to the circumcision. That would be Israel. He came to present himself as their Messiah and to offer them the kingdom. This was the promise made to the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, etc. Even though Jesus died on the cross for the sin of the world, both Jew and Gentile, his earthly ministry was to Jews only. Jesus made that perfectly clear in the following verse. This is Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 24. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coasts 
and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her, Not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In this passage, a Gentile woman of Canaan wants Jesus to heal her daughter. Both Jesus and the disciples want nothing to do with her, but her persistence and faith drive her into Jesus' immediate presence. Then Jesus proclaims to her, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Here in Jesus' own words, he clearly states that his earthly ministry is only to Israel, the Jews. What could be more clear? When Jesus sends out the twelve disciples to preach the gospel of the kingdom in Matthew chapter 10, we also read, These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus commands his disciples not to go to the Gentiles, but only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, a gospel unique to Israel, as God promised a kingdom to the fathers of Israel, not the Gentiles. So Jesus' ministry was solely to Israel, the Jews, not Gentiles, and not the body of Christ. That would come later through the Apostle Paul. Jesus and the disciples are ministering only to the Jews. The middle wall of partition is still in full effect during Jesus' ministry, as recorded in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The law of Moses is also in force, as Paul writes, Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of sons. Jesus was born under the law of Moses. He lived and died on the cross under the law of Moses. Jesus died under the law to redeem them that were under the law, Israel. He also died for us, that we Gentiles might receive the adoption of sons. Jesus said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Jesus came to fulfill the law of Moses. Therefore, it was in full force during his ministry. A summary. The middle wall of partition is still in effect during the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. There is a clear distinction between Jew and Gentile in the four Gospels. Does the church, the body of Christ, exist during the ministry of Jesus and the apostles? Since the middle wall of partition is present in the Gospels, the church, the body of Christ, cannot yet exist as the body of Christ has no distinction between Jew and Gentile. Who is Jesus addressing in Matthew through John? Jesus' ministry was solely to Israel, the Jews, not Gentiles, not the body of Christ. So Jesus was ministering and speaking to the Jews. When you read passages like the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, that is Jesus speaking to Israel, trying to prepare them for the tribulation to come. The middle wall of partition that existed in the Old Testament is clearly in force in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So let's answer the basic questions. Who is speaking? The primary voice in the Gospels is Jesus Christ 
speaking through the four writers. Who is the intended audience? Israel, the Jews, are the intended audience, as no one yet has a ministry to Gentiles. Jesus came to be the Messiah of Israel. What is the time frame or setting? The setting has not changed from the Old Testament. Galilee, Jerusalem, the temple, the priesthood, sacrifices, and feast days. Israel under the law of Moses. Jesus ministering to Jews and fulfilling Old Testament prophecy pertaining to his first coming. I want to pause here and talk about the three types of application of Scripture. First, the historical. That is the facts of history, the setting. Who was there and what did they do? Next is the spiritual. This is an application that affects our attitudes, our emotions, and how we interact and treat others. And lastly, doctrinal. This is our core beliefs and standards. What we believe about God, man, salvation, the gospel. A creed, a statement of beliefs. Let's take a look at one of the shortest verses in the Bible, John 11.35. Jesus wept. Now, the historical application is that a real man named Jesus wept real tears at the tomb of his friend Lazarus nearly 2,000 years ago. The spiritual application is that Jesus was compassionate and loved Lazarus as a brother. He was emotionally moved by the sorrow of Mary and Martha. He is a caring, loving, compassionate Savior. Perhaps we should be more caring, loving, and compassionate, and also weep with those that weep. Weep with our friends. But doctrinally, we cannot cry tears that run down Jesus' face. We cannot do Jesus' wept. Only Jesus could do that. So there is no doctrinal application to Jesus' wept. Only the historical and the spiritual. We can learn the historical and spiritual application of most passages in the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. But right division pertains only to doctrine. Again, right division pertains to doctrine. Rightly dividing the scriptures does not teach or imply that we ignore, neglect, overlook, or dismiss any books of the Bible. But we consider God's intended audience for the purpose of doctrine. Right division, again, speaks to doctrine. Of course, we read the Old Testament, the Gospels, and the Hebrew epistles to understand God's plan for the ages and glean historical and spiritual truth for personal application. There are many personalities in Scripture from which we can glean spiritual truth. Godly men like Joseph and near failures like Samson. We look at great men of God like Moses and David, each having great flaws but God still used them in a mighty way. This gives us hope. Even with our flaws, God can use us. With that in mind, let's review some important passages. The Apostle Paul instructs us to rightly divide the Scriptures in 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But later in the next chapter, Paul states that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. He then adds the purpose of inspired scripture is to equip us for good works. 2 Timothy 3.16 All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. 
Is Paul saying that all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine to us, the body of Christ? The verse begins with the phrase, all scripture. That includes the Old Testament. The Old Testament was written about and to Israel. We, the body of Christ, are not in the Old Testament. We are a New Testament church, which began with our Apostle Paul. Here are some points to consider. The Old Testament was written to Israel under the law of Moses. The doctrines of the Old Testament are for Israel. Keep the commandments, observe feast days, do sacrifices, and go on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. In the Old Testament, God is clearly speaking to Israel, but we can learn historical and spiritual truth making application to our lives. Is the Old Testament inspired by God? Absolutely. The Old Testament is the inspired Word of God, part of what Paul calls the Word of Truth. Does the Old Testament have doctrine? Absolutely. Doctrine for the nation of Israel. But we can learn historical and spiritual truths, life lessons, and prophecy from Old Testament scriptures. Are the Old Testament scriptures for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness? Absolutely. Primarily for Israel, with some spiritual application to us, the body of Christ. But always remember, we are not under the law, but under grace. In Deuteronomy we read, And Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments, which I speak in your ears today that ye may learn them, and keep, and do them. Deuteronomy 5, verse 1 Clearly, the Old Testament was written to Israel. To properly understand how all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for doctrine, we must consider the intended audience. The Old Testament is inspired by God. The Old Testament is profitable for doctrine, but its doctrine is for Israel, not the body of Christ, the church. The historical and spiritual application can be made for the body of Christ as long as it does not contradict Paul's teachings. Only by applying right division to 2 Timothy 3.16 will you have a proper understanding of the Bible. Otherwise, you will be confused, thinking the doctrines written to Israel somehow apply to us, the body of Christ. The body of doctrine for us, the body of Christ, is found in Romans through Philemon, the writings of Paul but historical and spiritual truths are throughout the Bible. With a proper doctrinal foundation, which is Pauline doctrine, coupled with an understanding of the historical settings of various scriptures, and our eyes open to the spiritual application of scriptures, we become thoroughly furnished unto all good works. These good works are the result of the prepared Christian walking in the Spirit, seeking the Lord's will for their life. The correct understanding of God's Word does not happen by accident or chance, nor by osmosis. We must study the Word via right division. In your studies, always be careful to separate the historical, spiritual, and doctrinal application. Again, historical and spiritual application of Scripture begin in Genesis and end in Revelation. Sometimes there is a fine line between spiritual and doctrinal. Spiritual application pertains to attitudes, character, mood, feelings, temperament, your relationship to other people. Doctrine is your core beliefs, your creed, the gospel, the tenets of the Christian faith. 
The doctrinal books written to the body of Christ are Romans through Philemon. The historical and spiritual books are Genesis through Revelation. Again, the entire Bible is written for us, but not all written to us. It's all God's truth, but it's not all our truth. Most of it, in fact, pertains to Israel. An integral part of understanding right division is to see God's timeline from Genesis to Revelation in chart format. I have two such works available in print and PDF. The first is a free, rightly dividing the word of truth chart in landscape format. This chart displays God's timeline from Genesis to Revelation. It alone is a tremendous help in understanding the Bible and can easily be downloaded from my website. Second, a letter-sized booklet named The Master Key to Understanding the Bible. This 44-page guide is full-color and professionally printed through Lightning Source. It has 13 large, full-color charts displaying the right division concept in great detail. The guide covers the same material as the podcast and is a must-have companion for the serious student of the Bible. Both are available on my website, breadoflife.media. That's breadoflife.media. Thanks for joining me today. In the next episode, we'll be discussing the book of Acts. Answering the three basic right division questions. Who's speaking? Who is the intended audience? And what is the setting? Until then, God bless.